Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to TC Live. Coming up today on the big show, wrapping up play in Madrid on day five. We've got a major champion showdown with both Andy Murray and Dominic team trying to find their top form. Plus, Coco Golf had a big opportunity to reach the quarterfinals on the women's side. See how it came apart in the end. And a potential semifinal preview on the practice court Monday. Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz, the current and potentially future world number one, getting ready for their first matches. With that, we bring you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside the Hall of Famer Jim Courier. We've got our other Hall of Famer Andy Roddick on the big screen. Great to have the band back together, Jim, hopping straight from the booth to the desk. Booth to the band's kind of fun to see Andy, and I've been texting with him. I'd actually get to see his gorgeous face, and no surprise, he's repping Sweetens Cove. (laughs) You got the sangria. It feels good. We're back together. We are back together again, Andy. I am, uh, as always, I am shameless, Steve. And uh, listen, I... Just listening to the uh, the smooth tones of Jim Courier just dropping gold all day has me fired up for Tennis Channel Live. A <laughs> little bit of gold dust here from uh, Captain Courier. All right, let's get straight to it. We had a great match between Andy Murray and Dominic Team, two-time Madrid champion, two-time Madrid finalist. They have each won two matches against each other, Jim. Yeah, they sure did. And, and you know, look, Dominic Team trying to get back to where he'd like to be. His wrist has been problematic. Murray, we know the hip. These are two guys who have been terrific on the clay. Don't sleep on Andy Murray, a Roland Garros finalist. And he came out playing awfully well. One thing we were looking for in this one was the speed of shot on the forehand from Dominic Team. You know, rumors that it wasn't quite there, and, and that would be a big part of the story here. A lack of confidence in that wing, a lot of unforced errors off of it, not the same confidence we're, we're used to seeing in general from him. But full credit to Andy Murray, who got a wild card here, didn't think he was going to play in all this clay court season, and comes out and performs with his all-court magic, Andy. was pretty sweet. Yeah, and, and the one thing you never really have to worry about with Murray is his hustle. Listen, he might not even be playing the French Open. He's there every single point moving in and out, uh, as you can see here. But just the, the movements for him spell at the end, but still pulls off the drop shot somehow. I, uh, even when I wasn't calling, I would have missed that. But you can see how much it still means to him. Nothing but respect for Andy Murray. Uh, t- tough first, loss 0-4 now on the year for team. Yeah, first win on clay for Murray. How about in four years? Five years, 2017. 8-1 in first-round matches this year. I was told there'd be no math, but that's pretty impressive. Uh, you just got to have so much uh, respect for him, period. And it's been a while since we saw you compete on the clay. Two years, in fact. How much did you enjoy tonight? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I prepared really hard before coming here, worked hard and, you know, really wanted to go on and put, you know, a good performance out there. And I feel like I did that. Um, you know, when I played a couple of years ago on the clay, I was struggling a little bit with, um, 
you know, with my groin and stuff, but my my body felt really good in the last few weeks, and tonight felt like I moved well and uh, played a really, really good match. So some good news there for Andy Murray. Uh, Andy Roddick, we, we heard Jim talk about that forehand for Dominic team. He had 33 unforced errors. Overall, 24 from that forehand side. What did you see from the Dominic team forehand? Yeah, just a, just a little bit off on, on every shot. The weight of shot wasn't there when he was neutral. It was, you know, two or three feet shorter than what it normally was. Wasn't jumping up, which allows Murray, gives him time to dictate, uh, distribute the ball where he wants to, get away with some drop shots. And when he had it teed up, uh, the, the ball, team's ball cross court looked a little bit better, but that ball up the line or when he was going inside out, he was not only missing them with less pace, he was missing them by four or five feet. It was a little better cross court when he could kind of get that wrist around the ball, hooked it here, and this was probably his best forehand of the day, was able to hit it cross court better than he was to kind of shove that ball up the line and or hit it inside out. The, the, the wrist just wasn't there, and that's a, obviously the more complicated shot uh, when you're turning your wrist over, making it go away from your opponent. I just didn't see the, the, the RPMs there. Uh, on the line and on the uh, Jim Courier patented it inside out. Yeah, well, Andy, the, the speed wasn't there. The spin wasn't there. What you're talking about with the wrist, too, that down-the-line shot, you take it later. That puts a little bit more pressure on the wrist as you take the ball back in your swing a little bit. So, for him, maybe that's just not there confidence-wise. But his speed on forehand and backhand is usually so evenly distributed. And right now, both sides are down. So, it, it's clear and watching him play, that he doesn't have the comfort and the confidence that his wrist can withstand all the strain that it's going to be under once he gets back to top speed. Hopefully he'll be able to get there. We, we don't know, but it's not looking perfect for him by any measure so far. It looks like he has a long way to go. 0 for 4 on the year thus far. Did post after the match. Overjoyed to stand on the court every day without pain and worries. So we'll look forward to seeing Dominic Team back on the court next tournament. Meantime, our coverage started 6 a.m. Eastern. Great match between Yannick Sinner and Tommy Paul. First meeting between these young stars, Andy, and Sinner was up big in the first. Then what happened? Yeah, well, I, listen, Tommy Paul is comfortable on the clay. He probably moves as well as as any American on the, on the dirty stuff as a junior Roland Garros champion. Likes to can hit this forehand both ways, and he, once he gets his feet under him, he kind of lays that wrist off and is able to, to create a lot of speed. Storms through that first set breaker, has chances here, obviously. Um, match point, center steps up, plays some good shots, but you see Tommy Paul kind of just, you know, feed in the middle of the court a little bit, maybe a little bit tight. Uh, you know, but credit to Center for really staying in there and making Tommy Paul earn uh, this win. We were just uh, listening to Jim in the last match with Patronoff kind of giving Pui the easy hold there uh, when his nerves might have been up. Center creating a little atmosphere with the crowd. And credit to him, this is kind of experience. I think that term generally gets overused. I'll take confidence over experience any day. But Center is starting to kind of figure out how to get through matches when he doesn't have his best stuff or at least stay in him long enough to find his best stuff, which he did here in the third set. This forehand is just ridiculous. I'm not actually sure how you ever defend that. So uh, saved his best stuff for last, but gritty, gritty win for Sinner. Gives himself a chance to improve the next time out. Certainly has experience overcoming match points. That is the fourth time, tour leading fourth time he has won this year after saving match points. Main time on the women's side, we had a rematch of the Charleston final between Belinda Bencic and Al Jabeur. Bencic took the title there, has never lost to Jabeur, but all said, I came here to take my revenge, Jim. And she got it, too. This, uh, the women's draw is a few days ahead of the men's draw. That's why we're getting these 8th and 11th seeds playing. It's a fourth-round meeting. 
big match. How about some big serving from Ange Jabour to secure the first set? But Bencic, she wasn't going to go quietly, was she? She was going to fight for her little space on the court. So quick up to the net there. And then the two-hander pumping her fist all the way here. Bencic on set point, trying to get it to an extender. She did. She wouldn't be able to take it one further. Third set is when revenge was served. Early breakpoint chances for Ong Jabor, who has one of the most complete games in tennis. So fun to watch her operate here, and she would run this through. Nice 4-2 touch there. Staves off the, the, the threat, and at 5-2, just goes ahead and says, I think I might just break to finish this thing off. And boom, there goes the forehand into the quarterfinal she goes. 39 winners for Jabur, more than double that of Bencic. Nine aces, said, I'm really sick of quarterfinals. My goal is to go further. Why not be in the finals here? Why not for Ange Jabur? She is now the highest seed remaining in the draw. She is ranked 10 in the world right now, looking to stay in the top 10. Emma Raducanu, Jesse Pagula could both pass her, depending on their results in Madrid. Iga Sviantek not there. She is riding a 20,000-match win streak. But how about Jabur taking on the winner of this match between Coco Gauff and two-time champ Simona Halepandy? Yeah, and we're getting a preview of things to come later. Golf, great first serve. Second serve can get a little iffy, but credit to Halep for sticking in there. Coming off the big win against hometown favorite uh, Paula Bedosa. Uh, good to see Halep back uh, healthy again and doing what she does best, which is make people earn victories, make people earn points, and continue to ask the question point after point. Uh, Coco came out in the second set, and you'd love to see more of that. If she can somehow figure out a way to consistently attack with that forehand, and that is where the wheels fell off, Steve. That is not only a misserve, that barely got, that barely hit the net before it hit the ground, and then it was contagious. You can see there's a little bit of scar tissue there. Halep looking at her box going, I cannot believe this. I, I, I might be able to pull this out in two sets. And you had to feel a little bit for Coco because she completely fell apart there in the second serve. It started kind of uh, rolling over to other parts of her game. Maybe Patrick Martoglu knowing, uh, having worked with her, uh, saying something there. But credit to Holland for sticking in there and asking the question time after time. But uh, those second serves are pretty concerning for Coco. 30th win in Madrid for Simona Halep. One more. She ties her most at any event. She joined Prakash after to discuss her new coach, Patrick Moradoglu. When you have a new addition to your team like that, does it does it feel like it creates a bit of a, a spark of energy? Yeah, if actually he brought a lot of energy, good energy. I need it because I was pretty flat before uh, meeting him. Um, I was uh, in dubs. I didn't know how much I can play, how well I can play anymore. And uh, he brought um, something huge. And uh, now here I'm, I am working very hard every day. Uh, and thanks to him, now I feel pleasure again. I feel that I'm able to, to win matches, good matches, and uh, I have confidence. So let's see how good I can be. Well, let's see. She is in the quarterfinals. She will meet on Jabur. 2-1 head-to-head for Halep. Amanda Anasimova, we saw get a couple nice wins. She beat Sabalenka, then today beats Azarenka. She'll get Alexandrova next, who she's already beaten. So 12 spots. We've got four of the quarterfinalists, some more in the round of 16. When you take a look at this opportunity, Andy, who do you think is going to take advantage of it, come out, win this big event in Madrid? 
Well, frankly, it could be anyone, but uh, they all have to be salivating over the opportunity with Sviatek out, who's uh, clearly the, the best player in the world right now. But I like Ojibor. Uh, you know, Madrid's not the typical clay court event, right? It has a little bit more of an indoor feel. You can hear the ball. It kind of has this uh, thunderous sound to it. You get a cleaner hit on it. And if Ojibor gets a feet under that forehand and can switch directions, hit it flat to the corners, you saw today, it was a different matchup against Benchich than it was uh, in Charlton, Charleston, where things were a little bit muggier. Uh, but she's been playing well on clay this year. Obviously, the final in Charleston that we just talked about uh, coming off of it today. And she she said, listen, I want to get past the quarters. This is an opportunity knocking. Let's see if she walks through. I think the easy answer is basically whoever wins between Jabor and Halep is going to be the favorite, right? They're going to be super confident coming through there. All the things you say make total sense. Let's just throw some confetti in the air. How about Radikanu? Why not Emma? <laughs> she, she's just learning how to slide on the clay, she said, in Fed Cup or Billie Jean King Cup a few weeks ago. But playing in the altitude for the same reasons that Jabor might like it there, we know she's a first-strike player. And we know in that type of condition, you can do some real damage. So, you know what? Let's, let's get the British press excited with something. They need something good. You know? <laughs> I, I like that. I mean, Jabor Radikanu, the two highest remaining ranked players in the draw. Bianca Andreescu, don't forget about BB as well. Yeah. Playing some good ball right now. The answer is we don't know anything. <laughs> Welcome to our world. <laughs> we'll let you know on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, a lot more highlights from Madrid still to come here on TC Live. And how about this? Sophia Kennan on the comeback. The American giving us an update on her recovery and when we can see her back on the court. Don't go anywhere. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Andy, Jim, and Steve back on TC Live. A reminder to go to Tennis.com for all the information you'll need to follow the sport on the road to Roland Garros. Right now, a look back on the 15th anniversary of when Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal met on a clay grass court. A Monday in Madrid interrupted by rain on the outer courts for significant time. Not only rain, some hail, torrential downpour. Take a look at that. They brought out the buckets to clear the courts. For Tuesday's forecast in Madrid, here's our friends at Fox Weather. Hi there, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather's Bruno Merwin, and here's tomorrow's Mutua Open forecast. You've got some showers headed your way, temperatures in the low 60s, so try to stay dry and warm. And don't forget, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your connected device. All right, thank you so much. Coming up on Tuesday, Valley Regional Sports Network's Leif Shiras, Jan Michael Gamble, have you covered for Francis Tiafo coming off that final in Estoril. He's at a career-high 25 in the world playing Christian Garin. Also coverage on T2 if you've got the Samsung TV, 6 a.m. Eastern. When we come back, several candidates to choose from. Who's going to take home Monday's hot shot? Al Monfils always gets it. Courier Roddick Weissman back on TC Live. We head back to Madrid. Amanda Anasimova took out Arena Sabalenka in the first round, playing two-time Madrid finalist Victoria Azarenka, Jim, and AA. 
brought the A game. Yeah, not worried about playing a seated player, was she? She came out blasting into the corners and blasted her way into a one-set lead, and it looked like it was going to be smooth sailing for Anisimova out here. She just kept the foot on the pedal again, just exploiting down the line time and time again, and Vika was not feeling it, but Vika was fighting. And she was not going to go down easy. And Azarenka uh, is down like 5-1 in the second set and makes a charge. And this one nearly got away from Anisimova. But she really stood her ground and really changed her mindset when she was serving for the match. She was really struggling. And she got positive with herself. And she got the positive result. And it was not not a smooth match, even though it was 6-1, 6-4 on the scoreboard. Yeah, she said that actually feels a lot better winning a match with those challenges in the end as opposed to if it was just an easy match. Gives her some confidence heading into the quarterfinals where she will meet Alexandrova. Diego Schwartzman, more wins on clay than anyone on tour this year. Already five quarterfinals on this surface. Taking on Benoit Pair. You never know what to expect, Jim. Yeah, quick uh, quick set for Schwartzman, but second set, Pair comes out with some creativity. The forehand drop shot with the backhand pass combo gets the thumbs up from Diego. That would be a difference maker. Pair would send it into a third set with a good forehand, but he was not able to keep the intensity that he showed at the end of that set. Quickly down four love. Schwartzman just buttoned up, doesn't make mistakes, and the forehand of Pair was flailing. And he can lose it on that side. His backhand is so good. Schwartzman consistently targeted the forehand wing with his serves, with his ground strokes, and he got the result he was after. Another error there, and it's a 6-1 smooth set for Diego. 20th win of the season for Schwartzman and fourth over Benoit Pair. Grigor Dimitrov in action as well, taking on the American qualifier Max Cressy, who beat him in Melbourne earlier this year, Andy. Different surface, different result. And just flushes that return to break there. There might not be any better feeling than reading the serve correctly and just just making it like a hot knife through butter, Steve. It was absurd. But Grigor really taking care of his own serve. You see Cressy trying to establish himself inside of the court. No surprise there. Kind of uh, goes with the confuse and conquer method a lot. Just full bull rush uh, into the net. But Grigor really holding his ground. Passed really well off of the backhand side today. You see him inside the court. Flushes another return right when he needs it. Uh, one of the big points, uh, when you're playing someone who serves that big, you're just trying to get into service games and then uh, really come through on a couple of returns. Grigor did that today. You see that they look like they could go out to dinner just fine with that handshake, Steve. <laughs> yes, uh, some good food in Madrid as well. Dimitrov, 8-3 and three in Masters events this year. He'll play Diego Schwartzman. Some other scores from Madrid. Cam Nori getting a win. Davidovich Fokina. Karatsev goes down to go fat. And Gael Monfils, three in love. So that sets up a meeting with the world number one and top seed Novak Djokovic. Andy, as we know, nobody beats Gael Monfils 17 times in a row other than Novak Djokovic. What do you expect to see from now 0-17 against the world number one? Well, if you're Gail's coach, you're just trying to say, listen, this time it's different. Now, something pops over my face there. Sorry about that. But uh, anyways, if you're, if you're <laughs> Gail Monfils' coach. You're running out of time, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the clear button. There's an X over there. You can swipe. Yeah, there you I go. Don't know. 
There we go. There we go. I'm all set. But listen, if you're just trying to do some some stuff with Gail saying, hey, listen, this is the time he's come back. He's out of form. He's had a lot going on this year. But if you're Novak, you're going, listen, I put in the hard yards in, in, in Belgrade and I went through the paces to try to get back into form. It wasn't the prettiest at all times, but you got matched up. You improved physically. You had a week off to rest and work on the things you needed to. So uh, coming into this, I like Novak. I like the surface for him. The ball is going to get through the air a little quicker. He's not going to have to work as hard as he did in Monte Carlo as he did in Serbia. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I think it's going to go to 18. I think you got to upgrade to pro, man. Where's, where's your IT director? Where's Brooke? You need your IT director there. Guys, I got to be honest. I was about to get on air and my mail button work, wouldn't work, so I'm on Brooke's computer. It's all foreign territory. You got to deal with it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, foreign territory would be if Gail Monfils can somehow find a way to win. And, and, you know, roll the dice if you're Monfils. One thing he has been doing better this season, I think, is playing more on the front foot because it's easy for him just to set back and play defensive and just react to what's happening to him. But he needs to take it to Djokovic. I don't expect Djokovic to beat himself. It doesn't happen too often, does it? I mean, Djokovic is not going to be tired like he was in the finals in Belgrade. He should be fresh, like you point out. So, Look, I, I think this is, uh, should be you know, straightforward for Novak, and the way that it doesn't end up that way is if Monfils plays first-strike tennis, throws caution to the wind, and just gets on his front foot and says, you know, my strategy before, maybe not so good. Let's try something completely out of the box. All right, we got a big update for you on former top-ranked American woman Sophia Kennan posted some positive news today online about her recovery from a foot injury, saying that this was one month ago versus now, and now looks good. Hoping to play potentially in the summer, Jim. Yeah, no, it'd be great for her to kind of bring it back. She's too good of a player to let her ranking drop the way it has. She's reconciled with her father. Hopefully there's some stability in the coaching front from that standpoint. Look, she's got a lot of runway in front of her. She's very young. We know what her upside is when she gets it all together. So sending our very best to her. Hopefully we'll see her uh, in the U.S. summer. Haven't seen her play since Indian Wells, Andy, but certainly is a major champion. Yeah, and listen, Jim's right. Uh, the way that she played in 2020 to win the Australian Open with the consistency she played with all year, and then to make the final of Roland Garros in October was very cold. Might not suit her game with that flat ball through the court. You wanted to see her back to the, the gritty problem solver that we got to know over you know 2018 to 2020. Uh, hopefully, listen, you're going to make a comeback of any sort. It starts with health. So hopefully this clears the deck, gets back mentally, takes advantage of, uh, uh, you know, being better physically. And listen, we'd love to see her back because, uh, you know, she's got a lot of, lot of years left. It's not as if she's a former slam champion who's on the back end of her career. She could be just started. Yeah, good to see. Back, getting healthy, and uh, hope to see Sophia Kennan soon. Three and six on the year. Started the year 12 in the world. Now outside the top 100. Hopefully, we'll work her way back inside. This is what we have for you coming up on Tuesday, starting at 6 a.m. Eastern once again. TC Live wraps up the play and encore coverage from the Madrid Masters all night long. Back to wrap up the show after this. Back with our hot shot of the day, Andy, and it comes from Andy and Dami. And this is very on-brand, just the grinding Andy Murray running everywhere on uh, on one good hip, uh, asking the question over and over, chip forehands, moving pretty well again, almost falling at the end, but still, those hands are still the same. And coming up with the win, uh, you know, 
keeping himself in the point. This is the most annoying thing he did, right? He'd go up that lob, and then you're like starting over. You're like, crap, this is terrible. You see team kind of slide in. And uh, listen, great recovery. Almost ate it, but still pulled off the drop shot. That was a little Oop, bit of everything on that point. Yeah, what I love about Andy yeah. Murray is his IQ. He just knows where to be. He knows that the slice overhead's the likely one. He's just smart. He is. Brilliant IQ. Uh, look what we got for you. Starting at 6 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, Rublev Draper, Jensen Brooksby in action. We've got that Djokovic Malfis, plus Emirata Kanu and Carlos Alcaraz. Let's head back to the Magic Box for a preview with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. Tuesday features an American number 14 in the world, Jesse Pagula, playing 2019 U.S. Open champion Bianca Andreescu. Who do you give the edge to in this one, P? Well, look, Jesse's been playing fantastic in the 1,000 since the start of 2021. She has made 10 out of 11 round of 16s, including two semifinals in there. So she knows how to navigate through these events. But in this one, you got to throw the rankings out the window. Bianca's been playing fantastic tennis. I love the way her mindset and spirit is after she's come back from this long break, giving the edge to the Canadian, D. Well, it's definitely going to heat things up from a very chilly Madrid here. Let's get it over to our warm studios over in California. It is. It is nice and toasty here. Uh, Andy Roddick only has about two and a half minutes left on, uh, on this meeting time before <laughs> he needs to upgrade to pro, which, which he's already been in his life. So, Andy, we'll start with you because we don't want to lose you here. Uh, well, what do you make of the matchup with Carlos Alcaraz and Nicholas Basilashvili? Well, uh, listen, it, Carlos Alcaraz can actually accept the power from Basilashvili. I know Alcaraz is young, only 19 years old, but he's going to be able to take that pace. He's going to be able to give him some of his own, too. So I like Alcaraz in this match. But the biggest upset of the tournament so far is that you can't see Prakash's bicep. I, I don't know what the... <laughs> I don't know what the temperature is there, but the fact that he can't wear his medium-colored shirt, the upset of the upset of the year so far, Steve. <laughs> could be, could be. All right, I'm going to jump in on that one as well, Andy, because you're you're running out of time. You're down to a minute 44. <laughs> but, but anyway, look, I think one of the things that's really exciting about Alcaraz, it's so easy to see how hard he hits the ball. We're going to get a chance to see how fast he moves in defense against Basilashvili, who's the biggest ball striker in men's tennis, recklessly in some cases. He just slashes and burns. Alcaraz is going to have to use that tremendous foot speed to get into the corners and neutralize that because the more shots Basilashvili hits, the more unforced errors he will eventually find. So it's a, it's a nice chance to see a different side of Alcaraz's game. We got to see it in, in spaces, but he's so offensive normally that you don't get to see the defense. And we got to see it a little bit in that doubles with Mark Lopez as well that he won earlier this week. So looking forward to Carlos Alcaraz in singles in Madrid. We are getting the show up. Oh, all right. We lost, Andy. The meeting's over. That means TC Live is over as well. For Jim Courier and Andy Roddick, I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks so much for joining us today. I think I turned pro years ago. I know, right? He's already in the Hall of Fame. Our coverage from Madrid continues next. There he is. <laughs> Thought he turned pro. Less than one Less minute. Less than one, one minute to upgrade.